selling with authenticity. It's building that relationship. about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Elevate others around Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Uh, hey, you know, we got all kinds of things cooking here at Selling from the Heart, Daryl. I'm super excited. What about you? I am. I'm fired up as well. And, and this is such an exciting time right now. It's challenging. No question about that. There are all kinds of challenges for all of our friends in the sales profession. But it's also a time where authenticity uh, being genuine, developing trust. These are the things that are rising to the surface right now. And, and everyone who made that investment in being authentic, this is the stuff that's paying off during these challenging times. It's an absolute lifestyle. We talk about it all the time here at Selling from the Heart. It's a lifestyle. Being authentic is a lifestyle. It's not yeah, a light switch. No question about that. And I'm so thankful for all of the people who are in this lifestyle of authenticity in the sales profession. And so many of us get to gather every Friday at the Selling from the Heart Insiders Group. Larry, uh, one of the things I really enjoy is being able to take problems. And oh my, you know, as we said already, there's a lot of problems right now. We got to have conversations about supply chain issues. We got to have conversations about price increases. We got to have conversations about all kinds of challenging things. And and these in some ways these are these are conversations maybe we haven't had to have in a long time. So what's been really helpful is having a group of like-hearted sales professionals be able to mastermind the solution to these problems. When we're able to get together in the insiders group and sit down in small groups and say, "Hey, I got an issue. What are you doing about it?" The perspectives that come back and the ideas that come back from from peers in the group extremely, extremely helpful. And, and I'm so excited to see everybody once again, working together to figure all this out. What I really like about it is the community that is developed inside of the insiders group. And it was, it was interesting on one of our last uh, masterminds, somebody actually said, you know what? I've been searching for a group just like this. I felt down. I didn't know if sales was for me mm. and so forth. And I stumbled upon reading Selling from the Heart and I joined the insiders group. This person's been involved for just a little bit, but it's this is a safe environment where you can come in, freely share what's on your mind and your heart, and you're going to meet the exact same people, Daryl. Wow, that's powerful. Don't give up on sales. Hey, <laughs> we could have a whole episode on this. <laughs> To me, my biggest a low point in sales, uh, those have been my biggest breakthroughs. So join us, Selling from the Heart Insiders Group, uh, sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders, and you can join free for 30 days. You know, part of all of the Insiders Group, though, and, and this is a perfect bridge to our conversation. Today. I know where you might be going with this, Daryl. These people are an inspiration. Oh, and what we need go. right now is inspiration. <laughs> so Larry, why don't you introduce our guest, and let's dive in. Uh, well, first of all, Val Reese, welcome to Selling from the Heart. But it's, it's, been, it's been so good to actually get to read a book, 
chief inspiration officer. We've had chief happiness officers. We've had chief sales officers, but now we have a chief inspiration officer on Selling from the Heart. Val Rees, welcome to Selling from the Heart. I'm so excited. I'm uh, here. You guys are uh, great. <laughs> we're going to have fun today, and this is uh, this is going to be a fantastic conversation, a very important topic. However, as we get ready to dive in, Val, you know the question that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers, and that is, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? I think it means to ask the right questions where you are uncovering what it is that's really important to the consumer and then how your product may or may not address what's important. So it's not being pushy or aggressive or too assertive. It is about that connection. That's what it means to me. Mm -hmm. I, I love it. And, and to me, when it comes to connection, the only way that you can truly connect to somebody, it's got to be curious enough to ask those deep rooted questions and make them feel comfortable enough to actually share those with you. And that all comes through in my opinion. Again, it's the inspiration part of this Val. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's so important to, I love that you said like those thought provoking deep questions, right? The open ended questions, the what's important to you to really understand what, what fuels somebody doing what they're doing? Why do they do those things? And when we can connect and understand and be excited about that, then it doesn't feel like we're selling them anything, right? We're just getting to know them. That's important. Well, that gives us a platform to inspire. As we get started, <laughs> and I like this, uh, this conversation, by the way, Val, one of my personal values, and uh, I'm a little weird, I have a alliteration sickness, all my personal values start with the letter I, but near the top of that list is inspiration. So I'm really excited to hear your perspective on this. But as we get started, I think it would be really helpful to our uh, to our listeners if you could share a little bit about your journey and your sales story because it's a little bit different than uh, than some some people. How did you get engaged in sales? Yeah, I was a, a registered nurse by by schooling. I was not loving it. Um, I didn't know it at the time. What what really inspired me was things like being flexible and free and um, some leadership that I wasn't able to get as a nurse. And though I love the profession and it opened so many doors, what, what was happening was I was watching the medical device sales reps come in or the pharmaceutical sales reps. And I wanted to just pick their brain about what they were doing and how, how they were working their day and what it was like to interact with doctors and nurses and and then leave and go to the next place and the next place. And I decided I, I want to do that because it set, it felt to me it was a lot about educating and it, it was about knowledge of the product and understanding, um, you know, whether, well, for me, it was like the biology and the science. So that really mm -hmm. correlated with my nursing background, but also fueled the sense of freedom in my personality that I didn't even mm. know I needed when I went to college. <laughs> so mm. um, that's how I got into it. That was what inspired me to try to find my first sales job. But you, so, so here, here's what's interesting. You go from one of the most trusted professions out there mm. to one of the most least trusted <laughs> professions out there. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. <laughs> well, I think what's the inspiration behind yeah. that one <laughs> so that was what was so fascinating because i was i had like a bit of a judgment 
with it as well, thinking that sales reps might be coming off maybe too assertive or, you know, we think of like a used car salesman or, but in talking to various people, I realized, no, these are smart people that care. And these are, these are folks that, and I I get it. Every profession and industry is, is a little different, but at least from what I was seeing in the medical um, sales industry, it felt to me like we were really connecting at a different level with our audience. And so that spoke to me because it didn't come off as inauthentic or, or sleazy. It came off really as, as caring. And, and I liked that part. And that's, mm. that's a lot of the nursing part too. Wow. We could, I mean, we could hit pause right here. <laughs> Everyone write that down, rewind that, listen to that. I mean, that's pure gold in all of this inspiration. I want to shift this conversation to inspiration because this is, um, this is something that is so critical for everyone in our audience right now, whether they're a sales leader um, or a sales professional. And we always say sales professionals are leaders uh, for their clients. Inspiration. What does what does inspiration mean to you? And how did you get fascinated with this word? Mm-hmm. So I think it's normal to whether you're in sales management or you're in a sales position just to get down because mm. we have the constant pressure of hitting a goal or a deadline and we're going to get no's and we're going to get rejection. And how can we continue to stay positive and stay motivated and stay inspired in what we do? How can mm. we connect and continuously connect to the value we bring? So the inspiration has to come from within, uh, first and foremost, and we can get it from talking to other people. But if we lose sight of what our product does and why, what our company does and what, what's great about what we're selling in our USP, then it's so easy to get bogged down into what's not working instead of focusing on what is. And we have Mm. to keep that in the forefront when we're in sales, because not everything's always going to go our way. Right. Mm. So that to me is inspiration. Yeah, I think this is so critical, especially right now. I mean, it's not, you know, we all get our share of no's, but if you think about the sales role right now, we were talking about it at the beginning of the show, it's price increase conversations. It's sorry, the ship didn't come in. I can't Mm -hmm. deliver this thing. Um, And then, you know, the consequential, like, you know, I got trouble getting paid and commissions. All this, there's a lot of static, Mm -hmm. um, and to put it politely right now in sales. And I think this is a, really, really critical time for inspiration. When you think about this whole concept of inspiring yourself, I mean, coach us, how, how would you coach mm-hmm. a sales professional to, to bring some inspiration to themselves? Cause you're not getting it from your clients, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Unless they buy. <laughs> oh, that is inspiring. Oh. <laughs> there's, there's nothing more inspiring than a little ink, right? Yeah. So the interesting thing about the book is that, uh, I didn't go straight into the tools and techniques of leadership. I first started with how do we inspire ourselves? And I talk about something called the cave and this happens to everybody in every single role. We can get stuck in this metaphorical cave. So it's like, we're still going about our day and checking emails and going to meetings. But if we're kind of in the dark, feeling a little low, like we're in the corner because we are feeling, feeling beat up or frustrated or stressed or, out of control, then we're just not 
as influential and inspirational as possible, not only for ourselves, but those around us. So first it's like, let's figure out what, what's keeping us in this cave. And so cave is an acronym. It stands for, um, the C is criticism. So ten, what we typically do to try and feel better is we might criticize what's happening around us, whether that's our clients, our competition, our company, our product. And so we might say things like, oh, this client's so demanding or, you know, our product's not as competitive as, as it could be, or my company's not doing what it can or, you know, and so we're trying to validate ourselves to make us feel better. Um, but the problem is, is then we're communicating from this place of criticism mm. and that keeps us um, kind of playing a little bit small. And then the second part of, of cave is assumptions. So assumptions is assuming that our past will always um, be the same. And so that starts to predict our future and our present. And the reality is that we're always evolving. So just by listening to this podcast, by being part of your membership, by reading a book, whatever it is, we're always evolving. So assuming that our past is going to control our future uh, keeps us also stuck in this cave. And then the V is victim mindset. So, you know, you get beat up, you get rejected, you get a no. And it's so easy to get into this, like, oh, what am I doing wrong? Am I not good enough for this role? Mm. Uh, and, and in some of that, like imposter syndrome uh, shows up. And those thoughts also keep us stuck. And then lastly, we get into what I call these enclosed patterns, which is the E part mm -hmm. of CRAVE or CAVE. CRAVE is a different acronym. I'm craving the CAVE. And so these enclosed patterns are things that are so subconscious and habitual. Like we might get passive aggressive. We might get defensive. We might get avoidant. Uh, and then we don't make as many calls, or maybe when we do make the calls, we're, we're doing it with a chip on our shoulder or without lightness or without fun, or, you know, something just isn't fully being expressed in our personality. So that's the cave. And the first step is like, hold on, I'm triggered. I'm not at my best. And I just like take out a piece of paper and I start writing, like, what am I saying? What am I criticizing? Who am I judging? What am I assuming? How am I you know, in this inner critic mode where I might be victimizing myself, beating myself up. What, how am I showing up with my enclosed patterns? And then I just identify it. And just that awareness alone is like, okay, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be in this cave. Okay. Let me get out so I can like operate in full sunshine and brightness. <laughs> so that's what I think. Uh I so, that is so practical. I love it. And Plato would be very happy. Plato, yes, Plato. We we are really good friends. <laughs> you know, hey, hey Daryl, you know, Larry was high school with him. Sorry, Larry, oh, go ahead. It was just a hey Val. We've we've gone to like several podcasts now where Daryl doesn't start slamming me because of my age, and I thought I was just getting. I think I was just getting over it. Now he slams me, but nevertheless. But here's where here here's where I was thinking though about cave is because this this ties into. I can't even say leadership at this point because um, I think leaders are are well beyond this, but I think dysfunctional sales managers. Mm -hmm will keep us as individuals in these caves. 
And so where I'd like to maybe spin this, if it's all right with you, Val, it plays off that it plays off the subtitle of your book as far as how to lead a team that everyone wants to be on. So how could leaders, you know, how could leaders work with their sales teams to bring them out of a cave to create that team that everyone wants to be on? Yeah, I love this question because I think so often sales leaders get focused on the goal and the end result. And when someone's not performing, they're like, you need to hit your number or you need to hit this deadline. And they're so focused on that. And then this the sales representative like is pushing the goal and like they the client feels that like maybe it comes off as um, desperation or pushiness or whatever that is. But I think if we could as sales leaders remember that if somebody is not performing they're probably in their own cave. They're feeling a little beat up. They're maybe second guessing themselves. And so you could ask so many powerful questions to guide someone out. And these are, if you just go like C-A-V-E, it's like, hey, you know, what are you saying to yourself? You know, how are you feeling about the product? What makes our product better? So if we can let go of some of that judgment, like what's better than you know, I know you just lost three deals, deals to the competition, but, you know, what is it that makes our product better, right? So we're, we're shifting them out of criticism. With assumption, it's like, hey, I know you're assuming that the company may not do this, this, and this, but what can you let go of so that you can move forward? Um, victim mindset is like, hey, I know you're feeling a little beat up. Um, what is it about you that makes you great? What is it? What are your strengths? Here's what I see. Here's why I hired you, you know, and, and how can you take those strengths and go out there and, and make this happen? Because you you bring all these things to the table and people need that. And then lastly, it's like, hey, when you're feeling beat up, you know, how do you show up? Let's have a conversation about that. As I notice you're getting a little down in meetings or whatever. How do you want to show up instead with your clients? Who do you want to be in these moments? And we're really now empowering people to be the best version of themselves by the questions that we ask, by championing them, by shifting their thinking and their mindset instead of just pushing the goal and the end result. So powerful. I'm having flashbacks once again (laughs) to my first sales manager. And I think that... um, he actually was a caveman. He, he used every <laughs> one of those <laughs> tactics to try to motivate us, which is, I'm laughing, but it, it's so true. I mean, it was criticism and assumption, et cetera. And um, I think this is really, really powerful because as as individual reps to rec- be able to recognize this in ourselves mm-hmm. as leaders, even as friends and peers of you know other people on your team to be able to recognize this to create a sales culture where we go, let's get out of the cave. Let's, Mm -hmm. you know, let's bring some inspiration. Someone's in a cave. They're starting to realize they're in a cave. How do we keep from getting in there? Like what is there, what, what can we do to, to stay out of the cave? Cause I think that would probably be a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I laugh too, because when I teach this, (laughs) <laughs> like everyone's like, I'm in a cave. I need to vent, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I love that now companies have a shared language. The venting is important. Like let's not discount mm. that. Sometimes we mm-hmm. do need to do that. However, 
when we're doing that with somebody, whether it's a coworker or family member or our boss, how long are we hanging out there? Can we vent and then help each other move forward? Can we, mm-hmm. can we see what's possible? Can we help each other shift our mindsets? That's, that's the power uh, in, in getting out of the cave. Um, I would say the second thing that goes to that is um, we, well, it, it naturally goes into like crave. <laughs> so that's my second acronym is <laughs> knowing what people crave. Nice. So when you are creating an environment uh, and, and crave stands for community and connection. So yeah, we're going to get beat up and yes, things might get tough at times and, you know, we might get customer service complaints, but when, when we're on a team and there's this community environment and you know that you have support around you and you know, you're laughing and you're doing icebreakers and meeting openers and you're sharing successes and you're collaborating, you have community and people thrive in community. Um, mm-hmm. And probably why your membership is also so powerful for people that maybe um, don't have the, the ability to even be part of a team or they're mm-hmm. creating a little bit more of a team outside of their own. Um, and then the second part of Crave is reliability. So can I trust the people around me to show up for me? Can I trust my boss to follow through? Third is appreciation. Do I feel like I'm being valued, my input matters. The V is is actually value. So it's being, it's connecting to the purpose of why we come to work every single day. Why are we selling this product? What makes a difference? You know, no matter how far we get removed from the customer, at the end of the day, this is making a difference for somebody. So how am I a part of that? How can I continue to remind myself that? And the last part of Crave is effective communication. But but to stay out of the cave, I think creating that healthy environment where a team is really supported and thriving and we can identify those thoughts that don't serve us, when we combine those two together, we are now more empowered to be focused on how we can better serve, how we can make a difference, and how we can bring inspiration to everyone else around us. Oh, this is this is so good. And the first word, as I as I'm, I love these acronyms, cave and crave. But the first word, so you know, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm and I'm just I'm listening to it, and then I'm looking at this through the eyes of a salesperson that's out there. Mm-hmm. And the first word that comes to mind, I don't know why, but it did. Val is safety. Mm-hmm. Where does safety play out, especially mm-hmm. in the first part of this when you're talking about connection and community and reliability? Is you see where I'm going with this is that's the first thing that flashed through my head is I get what you're cooking, but I got to feel safe in expressing how I feel or else none of this makes sense. Yeah, it's such a great point because psychological safety, these two words together have been showing up a lot in articles and the importance of creating it. But really what we're doing here is we're saying, hey, it's safe to come to me. I'm approachable and you know, we're going to make mistakes and I want you to feel safe making those mistakes because then what I want to do is empower you to learn from them. So this isn't about being perfect and this isn't about the fact that you'll never get a no, but um, if you come to me as your leader and say, Hey, I, this isn't working. And, and I'm sitting here saying, 
but you've got this. I know you do because I see your gifts and, and here's what they are. You're creating so much trust and rapport and safety with that employee and the leader coming together and, and people thrive in that community, in that, in that environment, you know? Mm. Yeah. Great this work. is, a, this is a really important conversation right now, because I think, you know, if I, if I look back over just history of sales, at least if I, as I've experienced over the last three decades, there's, there's kind of this mentality that if sales rep doesn't, doesn't perform, we'll just go get another one, right? <laughs> you're gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just thinking of old days where you got three months to perform or you're out that type of thing. And, and we, let's, let's just be realistic. We don't live in that world anymore. This whole strategy of I'm going to, you know, fire this many people and hire this many people this year. Who are you going to hire? Right. Good luck. Um, so I think there's, there is a healthy, maybe necessity now to solve some of these toxic, uh, well, that whole practice of just get out of here. That was toxic in and of itself, but we've entered an environment now where sales leaders, um, toxic sales environments, uninspirational caves, We'll stop calling it the bullpen and start calling it the cave. Hey, that's a good one, Daryl. Um, you know that those those environments are unsustainable. I mean, they're they're really you can't you can't churn and burn because there's nothing to churn right now. So why not get this right? And why not um, why not inspire? How do you begin the journey of doing this? Let's say you're a leader and you're, you're we're here. We're seeing the light today <laughs> at the end of the cave. <laughs> um, and, uh, we're, we're going, wow, what could, what could I do to take some first steps towards this other than buying the book, which you're going to do buy the book. It's in the show notes, get yourself a copy, but what are some, some first steps a leader can take to bring their team and their culture out of the cave? Mm-hmm. Oh, such a powerful question. Um, and yes, it's outlined in the book. It's outlined on, on, in my online courses, but you know, look, I think it's in a perfect world, right? We have to get the right people. How do we get the right people? Um, and, and obviously I get it. Like you get into a leadership position and you already have a team, but let's just for, for a second, imagine that you are creating your perfect team. We want to start with what that looks like and feels like, Mm. and it might seem so simple to just take a second and on a piece of paper, start writing down what are the attributes and qualities of someone who is easy to work with, who's resilient, who's positive, who's coachable, who's accountable. And I, I'm starting to already give some ideas of what this looks like. Mm-hmm. And then let's define it. And then let's take all of that and infuse it into the job description. Because when you do that, when you when you have a job description that doesn't just focus on the technical aspects or the experience or the education, but really starts to say, we are looking for people who are resilient when they get no's. And we're looking for people who can bounce back quickly and have a really good positive attitude. And now I'm going to I'm going to get some job um, or interviewing questions that help me assess whether they really have those characteristics by the way I ask questions. So that's kind of like, imagine that we could just start over and hire, but I know that that doesn't always happen. So let's say you already have a team that's established. 
and you don't have the ability to, to hire from scratch, we are still wanting to direct conversation and, and infuse those characteristics and communicate the importance of those things. So if you see somebody who starts freaking out because a customer is upset, you can still say, hey, look, it's really important you stay calm. It's important that you stay positive and resilient. It's going to be the best outcome for everyone involved if we just kind of take a deep breath, put the emotion aside and handle this with with confidence. So what does that look like for you? Right. Mm. So now we're able to take um, we're able to take a scenario that's sticky or challenging, but yet redirect it in a way that feels safe and also drives to the results that you're looking for, because you you took the time to really understand that in the beginning. Mm. Yeah, it's, it, can you imagine just what it would be like if this was created, just the sense of belonging you would have across the whole team? You know, oftentimes I'll talk about just leaning in, right? Just mm -hmm. pour yourself in and just lean into your clients. Well, sales leaders, lean into your salespeople and inspire them and watch what starts to happen. Mm, beautiful. It's pretty amazing. Like I get, I get goosebumps because when I was thrown in from individual contributor to management, we were failing. I mean, I thought my job was forecasting and budgets and meetings and, you know, pushing the, the, the goal. And I wasn't connecting with my, my team. And I realized that the good individual contributor results didn't transfer into being a, a good manager. So I sat down one day and I poured my heart on a piece of paper and I unleashed every frustration I had with everything. And, and I realized I had pages and pages of just this like negative energy. And I'm like, wow, I, I can't lead from this place because I'm just leading from frustration constantly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was in that moment that I recognized that I, what is it that I would want as an employee from my manager? And that's how this, you know, cave in, unfolded in that. I didn't know it was cave at the time, but it was really like just a dump of frustration on a piece of paper that made me realize I'm being trapped by my own unproductive <laughs> thoughts, you know? <laughs> and then crave was like, wait, what, what would I want? And what did I crave for my manager? And am I giving that to my team? Mm. And when I started realizing I wasn't, that's when everything changed. And we went from worst performing team to top performing team within six months. I know this works. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. It. <laughs> yeah. I love uh, it. I love it. What a gift. Val, how can people get to learn more about you? We're going to put the book in the show notes. Any last words of uh, wisdom or insight or inspiration? Inspiration, yeah. So I would say this. You don't have to be in a management role to get value out of the book. Uh, because most of the lessons are, yes, they're examples of leadership and corporate leadership, but, um, but the, the wisdom in there is really helpful with mindset. And so that's the first thing I would say. But yeah, on my website, there's information about my online course. There's information about coaching. There's free quizzes. Uh, are you the manager? Everyone wants to work for is a, a free quiz. There's a free chapter. Awesome. And that's at executive-muse.com. 
All right. We'll put that in the show notes. Oh, this is great. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been inspirational as expected. We appreciate it. Thanks, Val. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Oh, Daryl. Okay. So you slammed me in this podcast. So I'm going to slam myself because this is this acronym came. Okay. Now, everyone, I'm dating myself on this, but I I just been waiting to unleash this. Daryl, it's going to put a smile to your face. I grew up watching the Flintstones. Ah, there we so, go. So it's like the minute I heard the cave acronym, it's like I had flashes of Fred walking into the door going, hey, Wilma. <laughs> so it's like, okay, hey, hey, sales leaders, what are you doing to inspire your sales team? That's <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. Oh, I was having flashbacks of the Geico commercials with the caveman. <laughs> And thinking of my first sales leaders. So I think there there was so many, there are so many things no, in there this was. conversation that are spot on practical. And you know, Larry, we we say this all the time uh, to sales professionals and and to sales enablement people and everyone we talk to is uh, soft skills yield hard dollars, right? These these people skills, whether you're investing in uh, building trust, trust enablement skills for your sales team. Or whether you're making an investment in uh, your leaders and leadership right now, especially now, it's always been true, but especially now, these people skills, these leadership skills, yep. the ability to inspire, um, to get out of the cave, all of these things we've been talking about today are very, very critical in today's marketplace. And that's why I'm so proud of the Selling from the Heart community. I'm so proud of the movement of authenticity that's happening here um, around Selling from the Heart. I'm so proud of our insiders. And uh, Larry, I'm so proud uh, just to be able to have this conversation with you and some of the most inspirational people in the world every single week. Oh, this, this is this is fantastic. I, I just get a rush out of this. But here's what here's what I encourage everyone. You know, whether you're a sales professional or a sales leader that's listening to this, if you're a sales leader, I challenge you. Listen to this podcast, listen to it again, and then write down, do I understand what my salespeople crave? Mm, and if the good. answer is no, you got some homework to do. And for sales professionals out there, do the same thing. But think about this through the lens of your clients. Do I understand what my clients crave? Watch what starts to happen. I love it. I love it. Special thanks to the Insiders Group. Get 30 days for free at sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders. Come hang out with people who are getting out of the cave. Uh, And uh, on top of that, thank you to everybody in the Selling from the Heart community who is sharing, liking, uh, leaving reviews. All of those things are extremely helpful in moving uh, this movement of authenticity forward. And we've got some exciting guests coming up. But until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value Get out of the cave, inspire someone, and most of all, suffer. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.